When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's the Score North Twin Show. Let's pour one for Joe, gentlemen. The newest member of the National Baseball Hall of Fame, Joseph Maurer from St. Paul, Minnesota. You're in St. Paul right now, Judd. I drove to St. Paul just to be here, just, just to, to be, be in the city you're in his parents when this house. came out. I'm basically in his backyard. I'm stocking a Hall of Famer right now. <laughs> yep, I got in my car. I said, I'm going to St. Paul just to be there. And this place is going crazy. I can't tell you right now. People are 94. The streets are packed. They're running around. People it's are absolute, honking it's on the bedlam. freeway right now. <laughs> it's bedlam. They're stopping. They're, they're, they're getting out of their cars. I can't control it, but it's great. Yeah. So uh, this is, uh, yeah, this is a live edition, our first live edition of the Scorner Twin Show since the, the playoff series <laughs> uh, against the Astros here uh, for good cause because Joe Maurer becomes the seventh player to go into the Hall of Fame as a twin. And by my count, I believe he becomes the 13th Twins player. So just like Steve Carlton was a Twins player and Jim Tomey and... Jack Morris, right? They didn't go in as twins, but I believe he's the 13th player to have played for the twins to go into the Hall of Fame. And we're here to talk about it. We're going to get uh, Patrick Royce on to tell some stories, we hope, at some point here. But can, let me just start the conversation this way, gentlemen. I think, I think people locally figured there's a chance at some point he would have a chance, like 10 years on the ballot, you know, right? Are we still doing 10 years or is it eight years, whatever it is? You know, that at some point he would have it's a good chance. Now. Ten? Yep. It was 15 I don't before. know how many people thought he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but it really shows you just what the perception of him was around baseball. Once you sort of get outside the mini, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy in that I feel like he was valued almost more around the greater game of baseball and national writers than maybe he was appreciated locally. Yes, and I think a lot of people are surprised that he's getting in on the first ballot. When you, but when you start to like look at the resume, three bat- batting titles as a catcher, right? 
one of the mm-hmm. great defensive catchers of his era and probably one of the top eight to ten catchers when you account for defense, offense, you know, ability to hit for batting average in the history of baseball going back over 100 years. Uh, but to do it on the first ballot is an emphatic statement on what people around the game think about his career with the Twins. I think there's a few things here, too. I, one is I, I think that this is a credit to how um, the new generation who is involved now and and voting on this has changed because it used to be, well, you're a Hall of Famer, but you're not a first ballot. And I think the the feeling has become rightfully so. Hold on a second here. If you're good enough to get in, you're good enough to get in. It shouldn't like you shouldn't have to be penalized two years because, my God, he's a third year guy. So that that was sort of an arbitrary old man thing um, that that I think has changed. But to your point, Phil, three goal gloves. He won batting titles in 2006, eight, nine and nine. Of course, it was the MVP season. He is the he remains the only American league catcher to win a batting title to this day. There there were um, three batting titles won in the National League by two players. In 1926, Eugene Bubbles Hargrave, I kid you not, Bubbles. with the Reds. Yeah, say, it's Bubbles, Bubbles Hargrave. Hargrave. Yeah, yeah, the bases, yeah, and the ball ball yeah, say, now. 353. And in 1938 and 42, catcher Ernie, Ernie Lombardi, also a Red, 342, 330. In, in fact, his uh, second batting title came with the Boston Braves. But the fact is, like, this guy did things statistically as a catcher that have not been done. And, and, that, and like, he the, also like, was good. He also, like, like you know, Piazza's whole thing was, well, he really wasn't a great catcher. Joe Maurer, as you know from covering him, was one of the best there was. For me, and I, I wrote this down because I didn't want to forget this. Uh, I wrote this down a few hours ago. Um, this is the most important and most validated athlete that I've ever watched to get the call into the Hall of Fame. For me, it really is. Um, when you talk about the Minnesota legend of him being a St. Paul boy, I'm from St. Paul. Every kid from St. Paul was gravitated towards him. He won batting titles. He won an MVP. Yes, there was criticisms about his contract, but he stayed here. Never you know, got himself into trouble. It's just when you watch Joe Maurer, I mean, and you watch all those Twins teams compete for division titles, and I know there was a lack of postseason success the swing, everything about him to me. I mean, this is, for me, the most validating guy that I've been able to really watch and say, holy crap, my entire youth and even also into adulthood, I got to see a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I think that's probably what's the coolest thing about it from my end. Yeah. You know, also, there's some, there's the provincial nature of this is another interesting layer. So just, just real quick, earlier today, if you listen to our podcast, if you listen to Purple Daily and flagrant howls, especially you probably heard us talking in December. One of our, one of our advertisers at the time, uh, and 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 they'll be on and off throughout the year is Sound Story. And uh, so Sound Story is you you essentially get regular people into a room and you tell their story in a podcast form. So we'll get we'll get Judd in to tell his life story over podcast, right? And earlier today. Um, I sat down and I was interviewing Harry and LaRue Clayton, a couple from Glencoe, Minnesota, who, who you know, who's bounced around different parts of the Twin Cities. And uh, and I won't get into too many details, but they have a connection to the Maurer family, like just through, you know, not like super close personal friends. But they told a story about how they ran into Joe at the Minnesota State Fair. It was Joe and his wife and their 
their two twins at the time a couple of years ago, the twin twin daughters. Um, and they ran into Joe at the state fair like any other normal person. And, you know, hey, Joe, you, do you remember us? It's, you know, it's, uh, it's Harry and LaRue from such and such. And, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, you know uh, this person, this person, big hug. Like, he literally, like Declan was saying, he is one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Now that he's in the Hall of Fame, we can, that's been validated. And yet he's just one of us. He's at the state fair. He's doing his book tour this week on the local radio stations and coming in. And he's the most unassuming, regular, normal guy athlete that you'll ever come across. He is exactly the way in person that he seems when you watch him on TV. Which what, what makes it so intriguing that he was so polarizing because his personality is anything but. He's not, you know, Randy Moss is, right? Like Moss, you might love him, you might hate him, and he does things on both sides. Joe Maurer was never that. I think one thing nationally that didn't affect Joe in this process was the fact that locally there were a lot of things, you know, the contract, which never made any sense. All of those things became a problem. Nationally, I don't think people, I don't think that they were in the loop on that. Like, I don't think it ever got outside right? Our market. And so this guy did things as a catcher that was phenomenal, outstanding. And I think that's what people saw. And if anything was going to hurt him in this process, it would be what Declan said, the lack of playoff success. But I don't think anything else like got, got into the conscious of, of people voting for the hall of fame. Like it seemed to the fan base here. Yeah. And the, and like the, the playoff thing too, it's less of a thing in baseball because you truly it's it's not like basketball where there's only five guys on the court at any given time and there's only 15 guys on a roster and you know nine of them barely play you know uh, where if if you are LeBron James you're if you are as as good as advertised you should win titles right and in football if you're a quarterback for instance you know over the course of 10 or 15 years if you're a great quarterback you should at least be flirting with championships if not winning championships baseball, the best hitter in the lineup and the worst hitter in the lineup are coming to the plate the same amount of times in a, in a game for the most part. They're both going to come to the plate four or five times. So I, I do think people give a little bit more grace and leeway to performers that didn't – like Tony Tony Gwynn barely played in the playoffs, right? I mean, there's some uh, – like er, Ernie – 84 Ernie, World Series. Banks, Banks did. Ernie no. Banks, like never. Yeah, Banks, Banks did. And, and in Joe's case too, fair or, or not. If you're a jerk, it impacts you, and if you're not, it helps you. And like Joe never said a crossword to a soul. He he m- might not have been an open book, but he treated to your point, to your story, Phil. He treated everybody well, yeah. And so that's going to help. Let's get our guy in here, uh, Patrick Royce, too, from uh, from his home as we as we celebrate Joe Mauer, Pat, the latest yes, yes, Famer. It's uh, official. It's fantastic. I have here on my phone, somebody sent me this. Let's go here, see if I can find it. Uh, Where the heck is it? Distance from Holmes to Dunning Field, St. Paul Hall of Famers. Dave Winfield, Dunning Field was the old place where the Mm -hmm. conference championship games were played and the city conference. Dave Winfield, four-tenths of a mile. Paul Molitor, eight-tenths of a mile. Joe Maurer, nine-tenths of a mile. And Jack Morris, 1.6-tenths of a mile. 
So within uh, 1.2 miles, we have four Hall of Famers, which is that's incredible. Ball, which is pretty, pretty damned. And now they're coming from different directions to get there, but uh, it is uh, it is pretty amazing. And uh, I think I said, told you guys this this morning, but according to uh, uh, Jimmy O'Neill, the uh, former Creighton baseball coach for Joe. This is the ninth high school in America to have two Hall of Famers. So yeah. uh, that's, that's pretty brilliant for uh, Cretan for sure. You know, I was just watching the MLB network thing, and Verducci did like a five-minute thing on Joe. So you knew Joe was going in before they announced him. Yeah. But that swing was something when it was at its best, wasn't it? Oh, my I mean, gosh. <laughs> that swing was... Uh, like basically like the two the 2006 through 2010 version of that swing yes. before yeah. some of the bigger injuries yeah. man jimmy o'neill uh told me today and i got it in a column for tomorrow that after joe you know the last two three four years jimmy's familiar with uh, somebody who's had concussions loading you know just glitches caused by concussions and he said I can read him well enough to see when he came back to the dugout and had that look on his face, like how in the hell did I miss that pitch more, more than, more than in the earlier years. Yeah. And he thought that he was, he was just off a tick there. The, uh, you know, and the reason Joe had that thought was because he'd never missed that pitch in his life, you know, (laughs) previously. Now, he also told me that Joe, they did talk to Joe about home runs and stuff, but Joe always never got off the idea of hitting the top of the baseball. He, it was, he was trained to hit the top of the baseball, and he stayed to hit the top of the baseball. And chop of, wood, yep. Instead of, yeah, hit the top of the baseball. And he was exceptional at that. You know, Rod Drew hit the top of the baseball. Tony Gwynn hit the top of the baseball. It it looks a little funnier about on a guy six foot five, you know, that yeah. uh and, and he's playing catcher. You don't think of those guys as contact hitters, but uh I I I think you guys hit a nail on the head before I got on. And Judd was talking about it. Uh he's much now it I'm not saying this because he's got a lot of fandom in Minnesota, but the the critics in Minnesota are a greater percentage than the critics nationally. Oh, yeah. He's a catcher who won three batting titles everywhere else in the country. And my God, he had one of the great seasons ever, 2009, 365. After he missed a month, he still uh, led in everything. So uh, it's – and, and, you know, he did catch through 2013. He only played first base his last five years. He played it over there a couple of times. But – and he caught less, but he still was a catcher. You know, let's remember the first major league game he played, he slipped on that crappy turf going back to pick, catch a pop fly right by the fence and ended up having knee surgery that year and only played 35 games. Yeah. So he caught, I mean, I remember being in the ballpark that night and saying, mm, this isn't good. And you were wondering, is he going to catch again? Is he going to have to oh figure something out because he's got a bad knee? And he, did they, you know, did he they ever think about? Years. Did they for like when when Washington drafted Bryce Harper and that was that was yeah. a few years after, like ten years after? 
they immediately, hey, you're 18 years old. You're the yes. number one pick. You aren't catching a day in the minor leagues. Did the Twins ever think about that I, at I, any well, point? Well, I, I don't think he was – he wasn't as fast as, as, as Bryce Harper and stuff. But, yeah, but the body frame wasn't that much different. I mean, the, the Bryce Harper is also a tall guy. And I don't think they did. I think they, you know, Terry Ryan was kind of old school and a great catcher was very important to a team. And I, I, I think one reason they drafted him first was because he was a catcher. And, uh, and that's, uh, you know, we got to go back and look at the, uh, look at some of the stuff that was written. And I, I don't think I was ever on the Mark Pryor side, but uh, there were people saying the only reason they took this guy first was because he was local, or or and he saved what for he got five Cheaper. point he got five point five and Pryor got Pryor got eight or something like that, right? So they wanted to save money and they wanted the local guy. Well, if you can get an everyday player who's going to play for ten years instead of a pitcher. Uh, you got you got to go for the. I mean, they I I they made the right decision. Let's we can say that. I mean, Teixeira, that was a hell of a draft at the top, right? Teixeira oh and and who was the fourth guy? There was four of them in there in the the conversation, but uh, Teixeira was Teixeira was third, I think, third or fourth. So it was uh, a Dwan Brazelton, wasn't it? Uh, Gavin yeah, Gavin Floyd. There were allegedly the Twins were looking at Brazelton. But uh, what was the first four? Brazelton. So it was four. it was Joe, Joe Mauer, Mark Pryor, Dewan Brazelton, Gavin Floyd, who had a, a pretty good major yeah. league career, and then Mark Teixeira. Yeah, Teixeira went fifth. That was a pretty good bargain. Who got where David? Did go David first? Wright was a first round pick that year too. By the oh, way. Oh yeah. Oof. Where did uh, where did Teixeira end up going right away? First, I can't remember. Where, uh, the Rangers. Go? The Rangers. Rangers. That's right. Yep. Rangers. You can't As say the Rangers. Baseman. Rangers did pretty good on that. He was playing third then, huh? He was. He, in fact, he, I think he came up as a third baseman. And him, yeah. weren't him and Blaylock both third basemen? I think he did. But, you know, the uh, the complaints we hear about, I, I kind of threw this out there, too. Joe, you know, he got $184 million for eight years that kicked in in 2011. And the Twins sure didn't get their money's worth, the 184 in eight years. But they'd already gotten half half their money worth by what they got to pay him the first six years. So, you know, you think he was getting his money worth in 2006? You know? Well, no, yeah. And yeah, and so much so much of it too was he was he was so much more valuable even in the not, and I want to talk about the 2009 season with you too because that that's a whole thing in itself. But people undervalued him because he wasn't a home run hitter. Yes. But the but the value much like in football, your goal is to move the chains and get first downs. In baseball, the most valuable thing you can do is keep chains moving, get base hits. And he was the best at that for like a five or six year stretch of he was Tony Gwynn. He was Rod yeah. Carew. In fact, if you if you didn't if you just did the blind resume test and put his numbers up next to Carew, he said, Okay, well, Carew had more stolen bases, but Maurer was a catcher. I mean, they were the same player for their tenure best stretches and they hit for about the i mean joe i mean joe had the one year in the metrodome where he uh hit hit the 28 home runs but uh you know and then they took him to a bigger ballpark which uh, didn't help but uh uh you know he was like rodney 
I saw Rodney hit some gigantic home runs, but Rodney was never going to turn on the ball. He was never all of a sudden going to turn on the ball. And, you know, he was, he was going to hit three sixty. you know, and, yeah. uh, and Joe was the same kind of hitter. Just people had a hard time accepting it in that kind of body frame. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom. And it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. And 2009, Pat, too, was was um, it, it was a great year, phenomenal. But it was also a curse because they, they moved to Target Field in 2010, and I think the I think the home runs in 2009, you know, a, a lot of which barely cleared the wall and left. I think the expectation was, oh, n- now he's found his power, mm-hmm. and so so that became the thought process. It, it feels like there were about three things that that the, the people who were upset with Joe about three or four things that contributed to that. And I think one was an expectation that 2009 was going to become yeah, the, the norm. norm. And it might have in the Metrodome, but it sure was not in target field from a power standpoint. People who have their greatest year uh, and people then start thinking that's the norm. No, it's the greatest year, <laughs> you know, even for the the best players. You know, there's some of them put together, uh, you know, three or four of those greatest years, but there is a, there is a reason, you know, it's the best year he ever had. Yeah. He's not going to do it again. You know, so that's uh, that with most, most baseball players. And what's funny is he was only 26 that year. He was only 26. He'd already played six years, but, uh, and somebody was reminding me of this. When you played the 2009 All-Star Game, baseball was Pujols, Jeter, and Maurer. That was, those were the, you know, those were the three featured attractions of that All-Star Game. And Joe had missed a month, but he was, he was so out of his mind for the next two months that he got voted in as the uh, starting All-Star catcher. So, uh, and in a grand slam, I think, was that the year he got more votes than anybody? I think he might, he might have, uh, come in there mm-hmm. but uh it is uh it is a phenomenon though that uh you know people people uh i and i again i i think 80 percent of the people who shows in ooh, joe got in at 76 76 yeah. so it, i i thought it was gonna slip so helton must have really made it narrowly then huh he had 79 79.7. Oh, for okay. So I thought got they second, announced them in the order first. they got in. So Joe got and, 76. And Wagner just fell short at 73.8. Is that is that his last year, Wagner? Or has he got another swing? I think he has because yeah. he retired in 2010. So I he might have huh? five years. So 15 was probably his first year on the ballot or something. Yeah, 15 is your first year. So he'll make it next time. We'll feel bad and put him in next time. So that'd be his 10th year. Sheffield didn't make it, though. It was his last year. He was an interesting case. There's a lot of good players on this. I mean, Beltran and Andrew Jones. I voted for Andrew Jones, but, uh, I mean, he's as good a center fielder as I ever saw. But, you know, I I don't. 
And it, 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 you know, I, I admit we're hard to figure out. The baseball writers sometimes we're hard to figure out, but uh, yeah, but like there's enough of you now. There's collectively the, the fringes make some weird decisions sometimes, but collectively you wind up getting to the right decision yeah, usually. Yeah, right? and there's you know it's almost 400 voters now. I think 390 or something, and there used to be more actually. It'd be 600 but, uh, before. How, how many did they say? I think there used to be 600 voters like 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah, you used to, anybody who made 10 years, then they, they kind of expunged quite a few guys who hadn't covered baseball in a while. But uh, uh, the, uh, you know, 75%, man, that's a tough standard. Oof. That's, yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's a tough standard. Can I give you my favorite Joe Maurer statistic of all time? Yes, lay it so, on me. So Joe Maurer came to the plate just shy of eight, thousand times okay so, yeah. oh, so let's see it was seven thousand nine hundred sixty plate appearances we'll round up and say eight thousand plate appearances in his major league career and he had 31 infield pop-ups <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. it 31 infield pop-ups yeah, in eight thousand you know, how many times do you see a guy yeah. hit a pop-up right it, now i want to know how do they go back and do that stat because now we we diagnose everything, but back then it was just a pop. You know, you didn't. You know, and I, maybe they just looked it up and said. So they up. they have starting. I don't know how far back they've tracked this, but I know I know they have at least twenty years of, uh, like the fan graphs and these. So there's a company called Baseball Info Solutions that yeah. helps create some of these defensive mm-hmm. and tracking, and so they have the they have every field kind of gridded off. Now they've got like they have tracking now. You know, baseball savant. Uh, so it is, it is the last 20 years it's in the, the tracking. It's not just like, so, like a Stu Thornley, our guy kind yeah, of, you right. know, yeah. <laughs> making a note. So that tells you he hit the top of the ball. <laughs> oh, right? yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. That tells you that, uh, he hit the top of the ball. They actually showed a good thing, uh, that Verducci claims. The spray chart. Scherzer. The, no, Scherzer the Scherzer thing. Oh, the Scherzer that? thing. Yeah, he came yeah, up with a pitch just to get Joe Scherzer out. Scherzer invented a new pitch for himself so he could get Joe Hunter. out one time because Joe was dinking him and dunking him and whooping him and putting the bat on the ball. So in two thousand nine, he flew out to right field twice. Though they they showed a spray yeah, chart. He yeah, flew out he to never, right field tw- twice, but he didn't hit fly balls to right field. He didn't pull the ball. <laughs> they so. were probably line drives, like diving yeah. catch out. Mm-hmm. One was a sack fly. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, it's. Uh, I think it's a. Uh, it's a great day for the twins, and people won't. You know, there's a certain twenty percent of the population will complain. And uh, if you want to read, if you want to read some jackasses in action, check out the Star Tribune tomorrow on the on the comments. But uh, okay, glad you clarified you know. the comments. Yeah, and I was not say not <laughs> hey, well, hey, well, here's the deal. Joe was soft, right? That's what they say. Joe was soft. Well, then why was he a catcher? Why did he want to be a catcher if he was soft? He, if he, I'm soft, I think, if I'm soft, I want to play first base when I'm in high school. I don't want to be a catcher when I'm in high school. They, He came to the coaches and wanted to catch when he was a ninth, eighth grader, ninth grader. So He played through more injuries and pain. His, his, it, it, To me, like the perception of him being soft should have nothing to do with he grinded through so much more than it, it's more about his kind of more meek personality. Yes. And, and the fact that he didn't hit bombs, right. He was, he had kind of a, a lighter, softer swing. Yeah. It's, it's, 
Yeah, it's a misconception. And he wasn't a leader. He wasn't a leader for the same reason. He's too quiet. But he also was the number one recruited rated group in the country playing quarterback, which generally just requires some leadership, doesn't it? Isn't that supposed one to be the position? Yes. Hey, so, Pat, of, of the, the, the two other kids uh, from St. Paul, Maurer, Winfield, who was the better multi-sport player? Well, you got to go with Joe because Winnie never played football. But, uh, you know, Winnie got drafted in football, but that doesn't mean anything. He never played football. But, uh, you know, could have played football. You wouldn't want to tackle him. He would have been quite the tight end. But uh, I would say athletically uh, Winnie, but performance-wise, you got to go with Joe because he played three sports and he was now – and you know what? Joe was just as good a back basketball player as Winnie. Winnie was, you know, wow. and went and played for the Gophers and got on that Big Ten championship team where was a big, strong guy who rebounded. Joe would not have been a Division One basketball player back then because we didn't have 352 schools like we do now. But he was a hell of a basketball player. He was, uh, and he was like a 6'4 point guard. So back in, in high school there, they had three great guards. They had Surrey, who was a shooter. Then they had crazy foul mouth Sean Sweeney, who's now an assistant coach with Dallas. I was trying to get a hold of him today, but they lost last night, so he's probably watching nine hours of film or something. But uh, but they they played together on that. They, they had the kind of a three-guard offense, but Joe had the ball most of the time when, he, when, he, when they played basketball. So he was an extremely good basketball. And now... He's a, I, I think I told you guys this earlier today, but he's got the hockey rink in his backyard and all the boys come out and play hockey with him. I talked to Tony Leesman, his best buddy, and once a, once a week, eight Cretan guys are out there at 9.30 or 10 at night after they get all their kids to bed and they play a couple hours of four-on-four hockey. And, uh, you know, Joe's, Joe's all in on hockey now. He's... He's feeling bad that he never played it in high school, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And he looked, by so, the way, he's, you know, I don't want to name any names, but there are a lot of former twins that, you know, they uh, they get done playing and they enjoy themselves a trip to J.D. Hoyts or two once in a while. Yeah, Joe, right. looks, Joe looks great. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah, he's he looks lean. Great. Chasing those kids around. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the twins are uh, – did they play? Did they tell me they play in soccer? They've tried to play volleyball and soccer, and they're gonna, they're gonna be the next generation. But uh, Teresa, you know, uh, Joe's dad. I mean, mom. His mom. Yeah. Joe's mom, and she's got ten grandkids now. She's got the three boys have ten kids, so she's uh, she's kind of busy running the games here and there and everywhere. And uh, and there's gonna be another generation of Mowers because they're all boys, cause, so they all carry the name Mauer. And uh, I think there's another major they, leaguer in there somewhere. I mean, <laughs> genetically, know. the odds are you know, someone's gonna one of them is gonna break through. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see if the little boy grows up to be a big, tall, strapping guy like Joe. And uh, Joe, you know who, uh, you know who, why Joe didn't play varsity as a freshman because at Creighton Durham Hall. Because they already had a catcher, Nick Burke, Matt's kid brother, who was oh. a, uh, he was, uh, I think, kid brother. I think kid brother. He was a brother. Matt's brother was their catcher. He was a senior. And uh, they 
you know, the coach, Jim O'Neill, went to Jake, uh, the old man, and said, you know, Joe belongs on this team. But Nick's been our catcher for two, three years, and he does a good job. And, uh, you know, we, we can't just hook Nick. He's a senior. And, uh, and Joe and Jake said, Joe can play with his buddies on the freshman team. Yeah, not not a parent of do we do, do we, we know never what make his, it as a parent in 2024, Woody? Do we know what his freshman stats were as, <laughs> as a, a, a wildly overqualified freshman <laughs> baseball freshman team player? They bet eight fifty. Yeah, but the pitcher from uh, where was the pitcher from that struck him out? He's I got a I got a track. He delivered the ball. Elk River. Elk River. Yeah, Yeah, he delivered the ball to the uh, to the The mound during the ceremony. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, he did. It's great kid. I talked to him a couple of times. He said everyone was surprised, including me. You know (laughs) (laughs) that he that Joe missed the pitch, but that stat is. And I mean, no matter how good a hitter you are, you can't play three years of varsity baseball and strike out once. Can you? It's you can't do that. No, that's you can't. You, you cannot do that. Say the CHS field though's got to do something, right? They have a little room with you know down there of St. Paul baseball history, but you got to get a plaque room now, right? With four Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would think and, so. Yes, and the twins. This is their farm club, and they own a hunk of it. Uh, they can finance the damn thing too, because all these. That's what's amazing is all these guys. You know, Joe was the career twin, but all four of them played here. So yeah, yep. no, they yeah they all came. Three through. of them took a bow here, but uh, but St. Paul's got to. Uh, you know, they can't. You know, you got the CHS field. Let's have a trophy room here and do something. Yeah. Well, by the way, we're we're on a nice little run here. The, the last five years, in terms of you know either Minnesota guys or guys that came through here. So Jack Morris, 2018 yeah. inductee. Jim Tomey, who was a twin for five minutes, you know, was mm-hmm. here. Jim Cott, 2022. Tony O. David Ortiz mm-hmm. was 2022. Yeah, David, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it is a good one, and. Uh, and I don't know. There's going to be uh, there's going to be uh, local pressure to uh, go out to Cooperstown and uh, and try to re- repeat that again. Although uh, it's uh, it's a it's not a cheap trip in the summer anymore. Although I know St. Paul guys that were already renting stuff, uh, you know, like two weeks ago, trying to lock something down. There's got to be some Airbnbs out there. Twenty five miles out of town, you can't stay downtown anymore. It's ridiculous. But uh, it's. Uh, it, it is uh, interesting that uh, who's going who's gonna to draw the uh, see. I bet they don't have a huge. They probably won't have the huge turnout. Joe probably get more people than anybody. Well, Helton maybe, but uh, Adrian Beltre. You know, he played a lot of places and people like him, but he's a Dominican. Boy, his numbers. They started rattling, rattling his numbers off as far as a Dominican player. Who? He's unbelievable. Oh, it's yeah. I think what what, what vote did he get? How much? How much is it eighty four percent? Really? Wow, he was running high nineties. Or maybe it was higher than that. Maybe I misheard. What Let's what belt he get? finished with? Ninety five point one. Yeah, ninety five point one is pretty good. But you can see how I was I was telling you guys the uh, the guys who don't reveal their ballot, the old guys like me. All right, it's a different fighting voting group, and there's still enough guys in there that think the first year is uh, sacred. And uh, I knew Joe was going to slip. I didn't 
think he was going to slip that far, but, uh, yeah. you know, but I also never thought that he would make it the first time either. So it's, uh, he was running, but the, it, it is quite a, it was quite a, uh, a change in the voting is that we have two elements here. Now the people who can't wait to go out and get a free story by telling who they voted for. And then the, lots of the other guys who, uh, who, uh, you know what our guy loved? Did I tell you the Lavelle story? I think I know the story. Yeah, go ahead. Lavelle it's wrote great. a column about how he's not revealing his ballot. And four days later, he was on a radio show or a TV, what was it, TV show? Uh, it was a podcast, I think. He was on a podcast, and he up. revealed his ballot. <laughs> and so they marked ballot. the ballot off and put, put it in the pile for yeah. the guy that collects them. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. So this is his biggest Hall of Fame embarrassment since he forgot Pedro oh, Martinez. You know, George oh. King, say New York Post, he didn't vote for pitchers on the MVP ballot. Lavelle didn't vote for Pedro because he forgot. Because yep. on <laughs> other ballots, he had voted for pitchers, so it was hard to claim principle. <laughs> I, I found an Airbnb, Cooperstown weekend. I'm not kidding you when I say this. This is a tent. In yes. the woods in Cooperstown, a tent, the yeah. Red Creek Hideaway. It's actually only going for one sixty nine a night for four really? nights. Really, you can, you can sleep Monday. in a tent. Does and... it come with off? Mm-hmm. Some the, repellent. The, the bug spray. I, it is <laughs> literally. Yes. A, it is. It is it's a tent. What's the, <laughs> the weekend? July twenty. Uh, the twenty twenty. Uh, the nineteenth through the twenty second. The ceremony being the twenty first. There you go. Of course, my great one was, uh, I got to repeat this story, right? My visit when I uh, I went out there because uh, Ringlesby was being inducted. I'd been out there uh, a year earlier to, for Puck. And then Ringlesby was being inducted, and we were very close friends. So I went out there, and I kind of showed up late, and they were having dinner downtown, a bunch of them. But I'd been traveling all day, and I was exhausted. And I said, I got to go out to the where where are we staying you know so they told me where we're staying and i said yeah up this road blah 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 bar across the street the gravel parking lot i said that's where we stayed last year <laughs> so i that's where i stayed with suits and uh rookie and uh we you know the station went out there in mass and then i pull up and there's nobody there they're out having dinner or something and uh uh, I mean, most of them, I, nobody's there. I assume that's because they're all in town eating dinner. I start making myself comfortable, and the real people who rented the place show up. And oh, it was no. a, It was a different place. Now, I had gone to the men's room, but I'd only... I hadn't done damage. I'd only... Oh. I'd only, <laughs> I'd only... But I always thought... Oh my God! What if they walked in? <laughs> this guy was, uh, you know, in there grunting and growling, and uh, <laughs> you know, in, in the in the men's room. But they were the nicest people ever. They were there. That was the year that uh, that they supposedly were going to put the last group of people from the Negro Leagues. And these were, you know, three of them were white guys who owned teams, and and this was the family of one of those. You know, they were like second generation of this guy. Yeah. And they said, oh, you can say, we got an extra bed. Do you want to stay? And I said, oh, I better go. And stay oh, I love they invited you to stay. <laughs> but uh, that could have been a disaster. 
And uh, of course, uh, when Ringlesby heard that story, he told everybody that, even including the commissioner of baseball, was oh, Bud me Sealy? about it. So, yeah, <laughs> Bud. Bud, by the way, age ninety, Man. still uh, he's living in, he's staying in Phoenix most of the time now, down in that area. But he teaches a class at Madison, and he teaches a class at Marquette, and he flies home to teach the classes, and then flies back to Arizona. Same day. He's still doing good at age ninety. So is he flying? Is he flying commercial? I or did he make enough? I mean, Roger Goodell makes like fifty million a year. What was Bud Selig making from the baseball? He got he got it pretty good there going at the end. I I I I'm not sure if he's flying commercial or if if part of his separation deal was he still gets the jet. Yeah, you know the the uh, MLB jet. I bet he gets the jet. Yeah, I yeah. think that's probably – you probably negotiate that into your I'm last willing to bet he's contract. on the jet. He's, you know, I know a lot of Twins people hated him because of contraction, which was all BS anyway. Even when we swallowed it for a while, hook, line, and sinker. But he's one of my favorite characters because he'd come in in the 70s into the press box with his Tipperello going and bad-mouthing his own team. All these guys are on drugs. You know, when he comes <laughs> in and said, turned out he was right. He was Daryl Porter and a uh, bunch of those guys. Turned out he was right. Snorting but, the third baseline before yes, every Brewers yes. game. But one, the entire Pirates one of their team. infielders got popped, too. I can't remember who it was, but uh, yeah. he was correct. So, but, hey, hey, Joe. Joe I Mauer. Mean, Joe if Mauer. you're complaining, you're a jackass. I, let me tell you that. I mean, it's uh, the last word. You right know, there. there's never a... There's never been a bad Hall of Famer elected by the baseball writers. There's never been an undeserving one. If you get 75% of the of the cantankerous baseball writers, you deserve it. Agreed. And no, no matter who you are, it's uh, you know, Bill Mazeroski made it with a 260 average. He got voted in by the old timers, and the you know a lot of marginal guys made it, and uh, but. Once you're in, you're in, and uh, you know that's what that's what Tony feels about it. Uh, you know, 40 years, but he got in, and now, you know, if you can be happy for Tony last year or two years ago and Cot, you can sure as hell be happy for Joe. Yeah, and and yeah. I I would say about about Bill Mazeroski, by the way, if you have one of the five most famous home runs in baseball yes. history, it 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 tends to boost your Hall of Fame credential. I say Bill Mazeroski should be in the Hall of Fame. Because I saw him slide into a drunk bartender trying to teach him how to turn the double play at 2 a.m. in the yeah. twin room. <laughs> I think that was a that was Bill the turning Mazeroski, point. <laughs> Bill Mazeroski taking out Artie Ruane at two in the morning. Uh, our our basic, basically uh, one legged uh, bartender from the press room. That uh, you know, I've had many great baseball moments. That one's top five. For Bill sure. Mazeroski, too, in uh, in almost every photograph ever taken of him, has the gigantic baseball-sized oh, yeah, ball right. chaw in the side yeah, of his right. mouth. Are they going to let Leland smoke at the, at the ceremony? Leland, Leland, not, Leland, if the ceremony goes an hour, Leland's not going to make it. They're There's going to be no choice, Pat. Gonna, he's going to have to walk behind the thing. I, I'll never forget, you were there, Phil, remember? Leland at the in the, in the visiting when, uh, clubhouse when Target Field first opened. He literally had, no he was in his he was no smoking. I went in there one time for for one of it was like a Sunday morning. So it's, so I think the media was in there at like eight thirty a.m. 
I think he slept at the stadium overnight. He was literally in his like long John pajamas. Yeah. He had like a takeout box of something and he had a, a gigantic ashtray with like a hundred yeah. cigarettes. That were in there. He needs to smoke at the podium though. He needs to smoke yes. while giving yeah. the acceptance speech. In you know, the world, he wins the world series, right? And then Huzinga gets rid of everybody. I, I've told you this story too. So I go over to Milwaukee. And I'm going to do a piece on the Marlins are there. And I want to do a piece on this idiot who broke up this team because he doesn't like baseball. And I asked Leland about it. The, you know, the Berardino was one of the reporters and for Miami. And there was a, about, there was three beat people from uh, around there. And I wait for all the questions about that day's game. And then I asked him about, it. I said, you know, yeah, you want a world series. And now that's they got rid of all your players and uh, I talk about all that BS all summer, you know, all, all spring. I'm not talking about it. And I sat there and he took about six more puffs off his cigarette and he went and then he went off uh, for a half hour, ripping the hell out of him. And all, all the reporters from Miami were saying, thanks. We haven't got him to do that for about three days. So, he need, he needed someone new to just, come in. He went off for a half hour, just ripping the whole idea. The, you know, basically, he I, he didn't mention Isaiah by name, but he ripped the whole the whole concept. And he was gone a year later. He left. He uh, left. And did he go to where did he go? That Colorado, something. Or Colorado, Colorado for a very brief stint. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He wasn't there very long. He's uh, he could get a little surly. He could be tough to cover, but he was, uh, you know, he was pretty good. He was, uh, you know, he's. It is, uh, he got in by the, the only guy that got in from that old timers committee though, right? This time, no players, just him. So yeah, I believe so. I don't yeah. know. Well, Hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping on here, Pat. On the, yes. the yeah. show tonight. Go Joe. Go uh, Joe. Uh, go St. Paul. Go Minnesota. I, I, did I miss his zoom call? Did I miss he, was he doing zoom an immediate call? zoom call? Yeah. He, he was on LLB Network uh, about five minutes after the news. Uh, him and Morno, I think, were also on there as well uh, together. Um, not in the same room, but on a Zoom call together. There's a, there's a Zoom call uh, coming up, but boy, if oh, you miss Joe's is. quote, you're, I'm going to feel the five. Huh? 645, Joe. 645. Oh, man. How can we miss those quotes? It's unbelievable. I told you guys this morning, I'm filling in for him at a speech Wednesday, and I promise the guys you know not as big of not as big a name but it'll be a better speech <laughs> i said you know you're gonna get a better speech from me than you'd get from joe okay it might not be as interesting but uh if i can't outspeak joe i might as well give her up that, you got that, no that's chance, your sign right? that's your sign yeah, yeah <laughs> no chance i loved him never got a good quote from him Never got a good quote for him. Talked to him 150 times, probably. You know what? The other thing, one more thing about him is he, you know, you know, how most athletes don't really give a rip about media or, yeah. you know, they're they, they, like, they'll be nice to fans. I always felt like Joe took a genuine interest in the people that were around. You know, he would mm-hmm. ask about, he would ask about your family. He would ask about, and I never thought like he was doing it as a put on. I think he's uh-huh. just a genuinely nice human being. Yeah, he's a good, good. He's a good dude, and uh, there's no doubt about it. And 
basically what I wrote for, for tomorrow is that, you know, this guy wasn't born on third base. You know, this guy was born behind a plate and had to circle the bases because the, he was as blue collar of a family as you're ever going to uh, ever gonna come from. They, they lived in grandpa's house, basically, the whole family. So yeah. anyway, yeah, it was so. uh, it was interesting. Uh, you know, it was a, an interesting situation. I'm sure he's very saddened by the fact Jake didn't, uh, Jake didn't last, uh, his dad to, uh, see this moment because yeah. Jake was great, but then Jake couldn't go more than four minutes without a cigarette either, which might've had something to do with it. So. Be tough. Yeah. The that speech night was, might not be a whole lot longer than four, four to eight he, minutes. He was a. Hall of Fame speaker. I mean, smoker. Uh, Jake, Jake, Big Jake was a Hall of Fame smoker. That's for sure. And the old grandpa was a character too, man. They were, they were, you know, grandpa was from the the group of uh, Mowers, the first famous group of Mowers. Kenny, Johnny, Hank, and uh, and Jake were legendary uh, uh, St. Paul athletes, especially Hank and Johnny. They were supposed to. One of them died young. One of them they thought was going to be a big leaguer, but he got married instead. So anyway, it's a it's a it's a good day, Twins fans. Stop complaining, okay? It is it is a good day. Yes, Joe Mauer, first ballot Hall of Famer. Pat, we'll talk to you on Royce Unchained uh, in in a couple days here on Thursday. All right, all right. By then, maybe the uh, the. the uh, Timberwolves were right, right at their wrongs. I was just listening again to the, the coach Finch going off. That was, that was pretty frontal. Pretty frontal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Disgusting yeah. was one of the words. Yeah, just, yeah, when you call it disgusting after a guy gets 62, that ain't good. So. No, it's not. <laughs> All right. Lots happening on the local sports scene. We like that. We do. We like yes. That. It's yeah. popping right. as they say. All right. There you go. Number five. From the baseball. By the way, people asking his vote did go through. Pat, they did. did get Pat's vote for Joe Maurer, and boy, he he kind of needed it. He got by he, four, by he, four. That's, by what, four. that's what I'm saying. If they hadn't gotten it and <laughs> Joe had curb. missed, it, it would be a curb. I voted for him. I, I voted swear to God, for him. I swear to God, I swear to God, I'm Elvin Ed for priority mail. Can't go to St. Paul. Pat just can't cross. You know, once. <laughs> sorry, man. You got to turn around. Go right back. <laughs> So, well, I think um, I think that's a wrap here on this Score North Twin Show with Joe Maurer becoming a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, the induction ceremony will take place the third week in July, later on this summer. But, uh, yeah, I, I might jump on that conference call, see, see if Joe gets emotional for the first time. I don't <laughs> think the speech is going to be as short as people think because I thought his Twins Hall of Fame speech would, no. would be short. And he's, like, loosened up a lot. He has. He's got stories, and he's got yeah. people to. He's going to thank, thank a ton of about. people. In fact, I have to write that down for tomorrow about people he's going to thank because I think wow. there's a ton. parlay. I, I think there's a uh, uh, parlay. Yeah, yeah, I got at least three, three names, not four names, of okay. people he's going to thank. Yeah, I, and it's I not like his a, dad or something. He's clearly going to thank his dad. It's yeah, like base, like baseball people. Yeah, it, it like, but he didn't when when he got gave the speech at Target Field last summer. I think I had to write that down that it was go- going to be like three minutes or something really, really short. And, and it wasn't. And, and he was good. He was he really good. No, I did he get heard pissed. about that. He heard and about I got that. pissed that he went 
too long, but no, I think he will. I think he will give a very nice speech. Um, I, I checked. It sounds like cameras were not in the house because, you know, some, sometimes the TV yeah. stations try and get cameras and it sounds like they said, no, the twins might've been allowed to, to have one in there, but that was it. So like MLB network didn't channel five from our, affiliation didn't so yeah we didn't have our youtube cameras in there so he you don't know he might be like sobbing you you might get on that conference he's a little more of a softy now that he's got daughters and you know like he's he's a little bit more of an emotional robot until until family and yeah and i'm sure the the passing of his dad right like i mean this guy who who was your rock as far as raising you is now gone so by the way the the twins just put out the congratulations joe mauer email with a link to the season ticket uh season tickets on sale now (laughs) opportunists those opportunists so he he had his number retired two years ago now is that right he went or three years ago 2019 i think wasn't it it was was pretty immediate it was before the before the pandemic yeah yeah okay so 19 he went into the twins Hall of Fame, and, and he waited because he asked the team for his kid's sake. He, he's like, can, can you wait on something so that they can actually have a recollection of it? So here's the question. Are they going to find a way, I bet they do, for a for a summer ceremony off of this? Oh, yeah. Oh, they, absolutely. Yeah, well, they yeah. did for, for Burt Blylevin, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they should. Yeah. Are you mocking them saying, for having a ceremony for this? No, 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 no. I'm saying, are they going to find a way? To have something because because to your point about trying to sell tickets, I think that will attract attract folks. Yeah, I'm uh, in. I'm in for that. By the way, Dave St. Peter, you need a Mauer Twins Hall of Fame bobblehead. You don't have one yet. You didn't do one. You've got like 87 yeah. of them. I think they'll. I think they'll. But do you that. need the Twins Hall of Fame now. Now the Hall of Fame does their own, so don't confuse that. So Cooperstown. Produces if you're currently their hanging own. out on this live score Twin Show, yep. Dave St. Peter. Dave St. Peter, I, it'll get back to him. It'll get back to him. Let me just say this. I've been told from several sources that Philly, that people affiliated with teams monitor our shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So we are gonna, wildly popular. So it's, of course so it's going to get, right? so it's going to get back to him. I'm telling you right now, I need my Mauer bobblehead for twins hall of fame. Do it for Judd. If for no, I'm serving else. my own purposes twins. and I've got no problem with it. I'm 54. Okay. Allow me to enjoy life. Well, you can keep enjoying life in St. Paul tonight at the X, and uh, yeah, watch a hockey game. We will uh, we'll hit you guys with our normal Scorner Twin Show episode, where we're going to continue counting down the twenty five greatest twins of all time. We'll probably do that on Thursday, just kind of looking at our schedule and a random twin of the week. But a final congratulations to Joe Maurer, first ballot Hall of Famer. Thank you guys for hanging out with us here on the Score North Twin Show.